Welcome to Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN, where we focus on all things stress relief and self-care. It's time to ditch the one-size-fits-all approaches and stop comparing ourselves to others. We all have unique gifts, talents, wants, and desires. This podcast is a joyful reminder to never stop becoming the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Your Best with Jenny Lytle RN podcast. And today I have a special guest with me, Jacqueline Wales. And Jacqueline, for more than 35 years, has explored human behavior and asked tough questions to discover hard truths. And she believes in the power of fearlessness to create the career and the life you want. As a motivational speaker, professional coach, author of The Fearless Factor and other books, Jacqueline has helped countless people become more empowered, confident, and resilient. Her work focuses on leaders who will dig into self-discovery, take accountability for their actions, and responsibility for their decisions. She challenges herself daily to be better and challenges her clients to do the same, pushing boundaries and breaking through excuses to achieve results. So Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here with us. My pleasure and great bio. Loved it. (laughs) (laughs) That was lovely. Yes, yes. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself outside of your bio. How did you get into all of this? So I came to the whole fearless piece pretty much by accident, to be honest with you. I'd reached a certain point in my life. I was in my 50s at the time. And I decided that I was going to become a coach after I had been advised by a very senior level coach to take this one up seriously. And we like to think of ourselves as having to differentiate it. And when I spoke to my coach about what is my focus, she said, look at your life story. It's filled with fear and it's filled with overcoming fear. And she was absolutely correct. And when I looked at it, It was simply, I had known fear since a very early age, like three. So because I grew up in a family with an alcoholic father who was violent and who would take it out on his family when he was in the mood. And so we learned at a very early age to run and hide. But what happens when you're raised in that kind of environment is that you end up with very low self-esteem, lack of confidence, and a tremendous amount of anger. And that is all fear-based behavior. And so I went about doing the things that you do when you are feeling less than whatever it is, because fear primarily is I'm not good enough. I'll never be lovable. These are the two fundamental aspects of fear. And so I went about doing all the things you're not supposed to do. I got pregnant. I gave my child up for adoption. I had drug and alcohol issues. I got married. Then I got divorced and I left my second kid with his father and I kept moving. So I was born in Edinburgh, Scotland, and then I moved to London at the age of 16. I left home at 16 with nowhere to go. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a job, didn't have anything. And here I was in London of all places trying to figure it out, which I did very quickly. And and then at a later point, I ended up after I got divorced and left my son behind, I ended up in San Francisco. And who knew that you were from London to San Francisco? And as a complete alien at the time, I wasn't supposed to work. I didn't have a green card. Again, I didn't know anybody really. And I had to go figure it out. 
so I did. And here we are, it's many years later that I ended up back in the Bay Area again after having traversed the world because I went from, I met my husband in San Francisco, we moved to Los Angeles, then Paris, Amsterdam, built a house in Bali, moved to New York, and then finally back to the Bay Area again. So it's been quite a life. And along the way, I had to face a tremendous amount of my own inner demons and come to terms with it. And so the Fearless Factor book that I wrote was really born of the experiences that I'd had and what was the wisdom that I could impart to others to help them understand why and what fear does to you. And now it's evolved to understanding that fear matters to your success simply because it's a driver for growth. So when fear shows up, you have an option. You're either going to get beyond it or you're going to allow it to keep you down. Mm -hmm. And so being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step. And that's really where I operate from. So there's a lot of story in between. I've given you the 30,000 foot version, but there was a lot of reasons why fear was a major piece of my development. And at this point in time, I do consider myself an expert on the subject because it's an emotion and we allow that emotion to dominate in many instances and when people don't step up, when people don't take opportunities, when they're afraid of failure, when they're afraid of loss, when they're afraid of rejection, all of these things are pretty standard. So we're not talking about phobias, which is a whole other thing. We're talking about the mental constructs, the stories we tell ourselves. And that's a big piece of the work I do and why I think it's really important, especially for women, to change the stories you're telling about yourself to mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, I first of all, just wow, because it it sounds like your life has been one that that very easily could have gone a different direction. Mm-hmm. And instead you've taken all of these things that you that you have been faced with and you've met them head on. And I don't know if it's, if it's always been that way or if it's, you just quickly pivoted, but your life could have turned out much different. And for sure. My brother ended up in jail and he had a life of being constantly in and out of jail until he died. So he went around with a huge chip on his shoulder and took it out in that particular way. And it was all stupidity in my opinion, frankly, but I have chosen A very difficult path in many respects, doing things that most people would look at and go, why the hell would you want to go there? But there was a drive in me to actually overcome it. At one point I was in therapy and the therapist looks at me and she says, you have been a very angry woman for a long time. And that anger has fueled your drive to do better. And it was true because the anger was very palpable for a long time and it wasn't healthy. And I know that there are people listening to this right now who are holding on to anger. Anger is a poison. And the anger primarily is you can have it other directed, but really is directed at yourself. And we have to really be mindful of how that plays out. And anger is also fear driven. Anger is very much a part of, I don't have control. I don't know how to handle things. And of course, we all have to learn. That's not necessarily true, 
that when you think back over your lifetime, you've handled a lot of difficult circumstances. And so there we get to the issue of resilience. How resilient are you? And that is also about your stress levels. And when we can understand that our past experiences have informed this moment and that we're capable of handling whatever comes our way, then it changes the picture. And that brings us back to why fear matters to your success. Mm -hmm. It really is that amazing driver that has given you a clear signal. You want to do something about it? Or you just want to sit and dwell in it and mm -hmm. go and do you, as you work with women, do you find that a lot of them are stuck in that they want to change, but maybe don't really want to? Well, there's always that push-pull when it comes to change. Change is not easy. That's something I like to say right off the bat. We're confronted with changing our thinking and behavior. We really have to start paying close attention to how that is impacting us and what it's doing to the world in which we inhabit. So our relationships, our work our home life, our kids. God knows my kids have been a major piece of my life that has propelled me. I gave my first daughter up for adoption. Was that easy? No, it wasn't. Did I have to do it? Yes, because one night after I brought her home, it was very clear that I could do that child some real damage. And it was based on my past history where damage had been done to me. And I took that moment to say, this will not happen. And so I, I made the decision to give her up for adoption. What I've discovered over the years is that most of my changes were made because I wanted my children to have a better option than the one I was raised with. And that meant that I had to really dive deeply into my own psyche and my own behavioral stuff to figure out how to do it differently. So do you think that having that very specific, very strong driving force was something that made it easier for you to make those changes or at least more committed. You were more committed to that, even if it wasn't easier. Yeah, no question. No question. I'd already left two children behind by the time I had my third one. And when I had the third one, I was very clear that she would leave me before I left her. And that was she would go to college. So I was going to stick around and I would do my damnedest to make sure that I was as good enough of a mother that I could be. And it was hard. It was I had no expectations I could be a really good mother. I worked on it. And then I ended up with a stepdaughter from Thailand who was a complete stranger, arrived on my doorstep, and I had to figure out how to be a step-parent. And then beyond that, I had another one. There's There was this continual drive to toward children and of course the son I left behind the completion of that story is that he and I are now closer than ever we talk every single week I just spoke to him yesterday he's on vacation but he called his mom there's I've got two granddaughters too but the, their point being is that it was work but it was work in service of other people mm -hmm. and that was really the key driver and so for anyone listening to this who has a family, who's feeling that they're struggling, who are really trying to figure out what's up for them individually, find a driver that makes it worthwhile making the changes. That's beautiful. And I think that's so 
inspiring that you were able to work through the things that you needed to work through despite having not great role models at all and but just digging deep and deciding that you wanted it to be different for yourself and for your children and for your future and then making that happen yeah and i have to say i have a husband and he's been around for 43 years now i'm guessing he had something to do with it too but we've got four adult children now from the ages of 47 to 31 and they're all successful in their own right and that's the achievement no matter what else you do in life for me it's writing books making music traveling the globe and here i am doing this particular thing at the age of 70 and still thriving and looking forward to What's happening for the next 10 years by staying open and curious? That excites me. And I think that's where we all want to get to is that it's not just another day. It's what do I have to look forward to today, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now. To decide what that looks like. And people will argue, I've got this circumstance and that circumstance and I've got these people to deal with. Yeah, all true. But what's your attitude about all of that? Is everything. I like to say it's not about age, it's about attitude. Say, sitting here at the age of 70, I'm just getting started. I love that. And you look amazing for 70 or not. You look amazing for 50. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like we talked about, so much of that is because you have focused on taking care of yourself and doing the things that you need to do. A part of this work that you've done around fear and all of that is... Yes, that's something that you needed to work on within yourself so that you could be who you wanted to be. You've also taken care of yourself physically and mentally and spiritually. And you said you you still do CrossFit, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's definitely modified. My, my last deadlift was like 195. But if you talked to me three years ago, I would have gone, oh, it was 245. Yeah, not today. Today, if I can pick up 195 pounds, that feels like it's enough. I, I'm in awe of CrossFit and I see people and I think, ah, maybe sometime, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm not ruling it out, but I don't know about that. It's really some, the things that you watch online with CrossFit is very extreme. And, um, yeah, no way. You're going to dial it back. The truth of the matter is it's developed with your mobility, your core strength, your stamina, all of these things, which are really important to, to keep up. I went through a period where I was putting on weight. My stamina was super low. I hadn't really done anything on a regular basis for a while. And I was walking up the hill one day and I was puffing away. And I, that's got to stop. You've got to really get connected again. And I found a CrossFit gym in the neighborhood. I knew nothing about it. And I thought, give it a shot, see what happens. And it was pretty clear from the get-go that yeah, I needed to really put some energy into it. So I did. And I, you get addicted. You get addicted to what that's what I've heard, what you can do. But of course, you got to be aware of being in competition. You're good in competition with you. Like, what are you willing to push further for? Because again, everything that I've done in my lifetime and everything I believe in, you always must challenge yourself. I'm writing an article right now for LinkedIn. I'm very big on writing stuff for LinkedIn. And it's on personal mastery. Now, what does it take for personal mastery? You've got to have a strong commitment, number one. You've got to be in self-awareness, know your strengths, your weaknesses. You've got to know what it is that you value. You've got to know what it is that really 
drives your growth, your desire for growth. There's a whole lot more to it. This is a thousand world word article that I've just written. And as I look to my right, it's because I haven't published it yet. It's sitting up there. <laughs> but this is a big piece. And one of the things that I did last year was I created a program called Transformational Strategies for Success. And we just finished the pilot program of it where I had 16 people globally participating in this. And it is all about personal mastery. It is an online self-directed personal mastery program. And it is a piece for people to consider. Are you in control or in charge of you? Or are your circumstances and other people in charge of you? The latter, I guarantee you, your stress levels are through the, well, through the roof because you're not taking enough care of you. Absolutely. Personally. That's a great, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And so how how have the how's the feedback been from your oh, first group incredibly positive people are having breakthroughs like unbelievably one woman wrote me and she said i've always kept my emotions under control very matter of fact and everything has been down i did the first strategy because there's 11 strategies in in this program which is very deep and very precise in a lot of ways so i did the first strategy and when i was finished with it i sat down and i cried and i looked at her and i went Oh, that's great. Good for you. <laughs> you broke the barrier. Right. Um, no, and then other people are telling me their confidence levels going through the roof. Somebody in an organization, a communication person, she said they've been holding back from letting me into meetings. She said, this program has allowed me to find my voice and tell them that I need to be in that meeting. And I'm taking it seriously. Again, there's a lot. And the variety of people involved in the program is quite diverse. The, this is very satisfying to me. I know it works, but mm -hmm. I wanted social proof. And now I have it. A musical conductor who's already done some personal growth work said, I'm very clear on my direction now. I know exactly what it is that I should be doing and how to move myself forward in, in a positive manner. So again, if I'm looking for the proof that this thing works, I have it in spades now. So it's really gratifying. I bet. Absolutely. 12 years of content that I've created and I put it all online and it's a very special program and it's very unique. And I'm really looking forward to launching in September. We have a new launch in September. And so I'm taking applications now for this program, but I'm, I'm guaranteeing that if people do the work, they'll get the results. So if people are engaged in change, wanting to change, committed to change, yeah, they can have it. And anyone who sits there and goes, oh, I don't know, I'm not mm -hmm. okay, maybe I don't have enough money, whatever the case may be, it all comes back to what's your commitment to you? to make the changes that will transform your life. You can keep doing what you're doing. Right. Now, how's that working for you? That's it. Exactly. <laughs> you want to stay unhappy? You want to feel like life is just ho-hum and that's just what it is? Or do you want something better? And of course, the year of fear of failure and the fear of success are two sides of the same coin. And many people don't change because they're afraid of success. And that fear of success is that my life will change. Hell yeah, I, thought, I hope it will for the better. <laughs> because what we also know is that when you change, other people around you have to change. And that can be uncomfortable. 
And that can be really uncomfortable because they don't change at the same rate. When you're busy trying to change other people, you're barking up the wrong tree simply because you can't change anybody else. You can only change yourself. You have to practice patience and different communication skills and a way to help that other person to change without pointing out, you need to change. <laughs> That's the problem, not me. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. No matter how much we want it to. <laughs> no, and as I said earlier, 43 years, and I definitely knew that there was things he definitely needed to change and still needs to change. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. Yeah, I've been married 24 years and yeah, I agree. And there's all I can do is focus on me and occasionally something comes through and he changes. But a lot of times just me changing is enough to to give me part of the result that I was looking for anyway. That's it. He was asked a long time ago, who's your role model in life? And he said, she is. Because she'll go places that I'm afraid to go to. She'll dig into things that I don't really want to confront. So being a role model, and that's the other thing for women. We're role models for our children. We're mm -hmm. role models for the people in our lives. So when you think of, we talk about leadership, you're the leader of your life. And if you're the leader of your life, then you have to be the example of what a good life looks like. I yeah. like that. That's a nice yeah. way to put that. It's peace. <laughs> so if people are looking to, to change their behavior or to change their relationship with fear, are there certain kind of steps that they should take or where do they start? So fear is primarily the stories we tell ourselves. And if we're willing to take the time to question ourselves and look for do you have empirical evidence that whatever you're thinking about the future or whatever you're thinking about yourself is true? Test your assumptions. Look at where you think you're going with this. Then look for the evidence. That's the empirical side of things. Look for the evidence. If you don't have any evidence, it's just simply the story that you tell yourself. So a root of fear is really, for a lot of people, is I'm not good enough. And so you look for circumstances to confirm. Is confirmation bias is what it's called. So you look for the confirmation that really you're not worth much or people don't really like you or whatever it is. Or there's just that deep-seated discomfort with who you are, like in speaking up or taking some bolder actions or asking for what you want. These are pretty typical things that hold people back from seizing opportunities. So when you find yourself in that position, ask yourself, do you have evidence that it's true, that you can't get what you want, that somebody will refuse you, that you're not capable of, of doing whatever it is you think you want to do? Test it. This is always going to be about testing to see if that's what's going on. And when it comes to things like fear of failure, let me get you on that one. Failure is simply an expectation, a choice, or a decision that did not go the way that you wanted. That's it. There's nothing more to say about it. We're all failing our way to success. And so we actually learn from our failures. We embrace the failure because, oh, that didn't work. Let's go find something else. And that mm -hmm. might not work either. But if you keep trying, and here's the other thing, remain in the spirit of curiosity. Huh, why do I think that way? 
huh, what's that about? So you remain in that state of curiosity, not in judgment, because judgment slams the door. That's a great point as far as the judgment goes. And I know for myself, I've done a lot of work because I was somebody that was very much a perfectionist. And I was, when I was young, I had a, I had a good upbringing, but I had a lot of expectations put on me. I was smart and I was good. And I was, but then that kind of gave me that fear of failure because if I'm smart, if I always do all these right things, then, well, what if I don't, then who am I? And so it was an opposite thing. And I realized that, my gosh, it was that fear of failure or not being good enough was really holding me back from a lot of happiness. And so I, when I started doing some, just jumping in and going, we'll see what happens. And I realized that, okay, it wasn't awful. I was a little embarrassed. Something didn't go that way, but now it's just, okay, next move along. And I can't say that I love failing. I'd like it if everything just worked out great when I first try it, but it's much better than just being stuck or wishing that something would be different. Oh, I think to about that, if you're constantly in a state of looking for security, you will be disappointed. Life is not secure. Life is very uncertain and it can change from minute to minute. Look at the tragedies that are going on in this country right now with people losing their homes to flooding and lightning strikes and God knows what else. Just like your life can change in a heartbeat. So why are you wasting time worrying about what will happen when right in front of you is a gift, the present that you can use to to do whatever it is that you think is important to you. Spend time with loved ones. Think about what makes you happy and what you would like to do more of, how you can be of service to people. These are all things that we can actually look at and say, I'm grateful for those things, as opposed to I don't have enough and I don't, I need more of this and I need more of that. We're a need more of society let's mm -hmm. face it and we can all do with a whole lot less and i think if any if covid taught us anything it was that we can do with a whole lot less. we set our priorities i think that was one of the gifts of covid in fact i think there's many gifts in covid frankly because it too. forced people to slow down and take a real look and reflect on the values and the priorities mm -hmm. and things that matter and for most people it came down to family home and keeping a roof over your head food on the table and gas in the car right and everything else is gravy just gravy but when Absolutely. you spend your life in pursuit of things then you're frequently disappointed because i don't have enough money for the things you can live without the things yeah. one of the things i do know about getting older life gets simpler i don't need all the stuff i've had all the stuff i know what that looks and feels like but at this point in my life the simpler, the better. This is my universe, my home. Yeah, that's great. I just, I'm so thankful for you being here and sharing your your thoughts and your expertise on on this. And I, I fear holds so many of us back. And I think there's just a lot of time we can know that, but not really know what to do about it. Or is there anything that, you know, that we can do other than just push through? And so... I think that being able to go to your book and like dig into that a little bit more and start rewriting some of that stuff and changing the stories that we tell ourselves. And so where can people find your books at? 
They on Amazon, both books are available, The Fearless Factor and The Fearless Factor at Work. And there's also a novel that I wrote called When the Crow Sings, and that's also on Amazon. And then if they want to find out more about who I am, what my programs are, they can go to JacquelineWales.com and they'll find everything that they need to know about who I am and what I do. Wonderful. I will make sure to put those those links on in the show notes as well. And so your novel, just real quick, because I don't think I knew about your novel. So is that related to fear as well? It's a semi-autobiographical novel set in Scotland, dealing with three generations of women giving birth to children outside of marriage until one woman gives her child up for adoption. And it tells the story of my grandmother in fictional form my mother, much more fact, and myself. And I wrote it as a novel. So it's set in Scotland. It's in Scottish transliteration. And it brings out the flavor, starts in 1914 and ends up in 1997. And it's been very well received by everyone who's read it. It's not an easy story. It's a very dark story, but there is redemption at the end of the day. So that's a good thing. Beautiful. Absolutely. So I do have two, two more questions for you. So my tagline has never stopped becoming the best version of you. And so what does becoming the best version of you mean to you? The best version of me is simply allowing my brightness, my greatness to shine in the world without any excuses or any apologies for my existence. Beautiful. Very simple. Very simple, but very impactful as well. Yeah. And so what is your favorite self-care practice? I say probably my workout. If I go too many days without working out, I notice my mood changes. And I notice I can come down on myself a lot harder than I need to. So when I work out, it, it the endorphins keeps everything up and running. So yeah, my workout practice. We have, I found that too. And I never thought that I would be somebody, I've not been somebody that's, that's ever been like real hardcore as far as workouts go. But definitely when I go, even if it's just as simple as getting out and walking a decent amount, if I don't do that, then my, I have some difficulty focusing a lot of times anyway, and that definitely gets worse, but just those, those negative thoughts, the, the, the being down on myself, that definitely picks up a little bit more. So it's, uh, and my husband will point it out. He'll say the dialogue is I've got going on. He'll go, you need to go work out. And it's true. I turn on the music, crank up the rock and roll stuff and off I go. And by the time I'm done 40 minutes or more later, yes, back on top again. That's a great way to, that's a very healthy way to change your mood. Definitely. I could also use a glass of wine. But it doesn't... Same here, same here. But the effects are longer lasting when I you work agree, out. I agree. You can go to the workout, then you can have the glass of wine. You're great. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the one-two punch. Exactly. Thank you so much for Jacqueline. Uh, thank you so much, Jacqueline, for being here. I appreciate it. And I'm sure that, that you have definitely helped out our listeners. Thank you, Jenny, for inviting me for the conversation. I really enjoyed it. So thank you. Yeah. Stressed out, but not sure how to change it? Decrease your stress in a week or less, even if you don't have much time or energy. Grab my brand new free seven days to less stress guide at jennylidle.com slash guide and uncover the secret to less stress without a lot of effort. You'll get the simple three-step framework for quick and easy transformation. You'll also discover how to have the biggest impact the fastest, develop a customized plan to use even on your toughest days, and pull it all together in a simple weekly plan. That's at jennylidle.com slash guide. Until next time, take a deep breath or two and never stop becoming the best version of you. Disclaimer, although I am a registered nurse, the medical and health information contained in this podcast is provided for general information and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional advice. Accordingly, before taking any actions based upon such information, I encourage you to consult with appropriate professionals. I do not provide any specific medical or health advice and the use of or reliance on any information contained in this podcast is solely at your own risk.